0: Welcome to Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. I am your host Daniel Trainer. How are you? Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your time and your energy as always. Settle in for today's episode. It's it's a really fun one. It's it's often a very insightful and deep one as well. My guest today is Tad Fujikawa. So, Tad is the first openly gay professional male golfer, the first ever. He's also the first golfer to appear on this podcast, so I you know, can only imagine which was the greater career accomplishment for him. Tad's life has been really, really interesting. At the age of just 15 years old, 15, he became the youngest person ever to compete in the U.S. Open. 15 years old. I had so many questions about that. We discussed what a wild ride that was. Tad is also very open about a lot of the mental health struggles that he's been through and how those have affected his life and his career as things have evolved. I really applaud him and and appreciate him for being so open and honest about that stuff. I think it's going to help a lot of people. And then just last year in September of 2018, Tad uh, came out, came out on Instagram, becoming the first ever openly gay professional golfer. He talks about the decision-making process that went into that, how he told his family, how he told some of his friends, and then the reaction that he's gotten from his fellow golfers, including some of the biggest names on the PGA Tour. It's a really fun conversation, and, and I really like diving into the world of golf a little bit because I think from the outside, at least... Professional golf can seem like a very uh, unwelcoming place for the LGBTQ community. So Tad is is the foremost authority on that, and I was I was very lucky and happy to get to ask him a bunch of questions about that, and a lot of his responses surprised me. I was fascinated by much of this conversation. So without any further ado, it really is my honor to welcome Tad Fujikawa to Same Team. <laughs> following your story and also i think it's it's exciting for me just to chat with a golfer you know uh, that is uh is fairly rare as as you can you know attest to better than anybody else so i'm excited about our our conversation thanks for making time
1: no no my pleasure this is um obviously something i'm very very passionate about and uh yeah it's it's just uh it's it's always nice being able to um to share my story and hopefully uh help inspire others uh, in the process.
0: Yeah, so let's start at the beginning. I'm interested in your childhood just because of of some of the accomplishments you had professionally so young. Can you tell me about uh, where you grew up and and what your childhood was like?
1: Um, I grew up in Hawaii, and uh, my childhood was pretty pretty normal. I mean, uh, obviously, growing up in Hawaii is not necessarily normal, but... um, (laughs) you know, for, for someone from Hawaii, it was pretty normal. And my family and I are pretty close. Um, I'm an only child and, uh, you know, I was the first grandchild. I was the first great grandchild by many years. So, um, oh, so proposing... you,
0: you were, you were getting attention left and right your whole life.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it, it was definitely something that I was, I was very used to. Um, however, I'm not, I I don't think I was totally spoiled by any means. Um That's what that's what all spoiled kids say. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that's that's very true. Very true. I probably should have left that out, but
0: uh, <laughs> No, I I I I'll I'll believe you.
1: <laughs> but no, I mean it, it it was really nice. I mean, growing up in Hawaii was um was very special. Something I definitely took for granted. You know, I mean, you you grew up there and you never really realize how special it is until you move away. Yeah, uh,
0: I can't even imagine. I mean, it just seems like it must be just sort of a different way of life. I mean, so is your family
1: athletic? Um, yes. I mean, my mom, um, my mom played volleyball and, um, she's also, she also did martial arts and, uh, my dad, um, my dad also did martial arts and, um, I mean, overall, like, yeah, my family's pretty athletic. I mean, n- no one's been like a professional athlete or anything, but yeah, um, I mean, but you know, we're, we're pretty athletic for the most part. So when do you start golfing? I mean, how
0: does golf come into the picture in the first place?
1: Well, I was doing judo, which is a martial art and, and that seems um, like was a doing- natural transition yeah yeah uh, i was doing that very competitively and that was like at like what age um well i started that when i was uh like four and i did it like really competitively from seven to about 11 or 12 okay and then um my my goal was like to go to the Olympics. Uh, actually, to to win the Olympics. That was my my dream. And um, I actually started golf around like eight years old, just to build my grip strength for judo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So in judo, there's a lot of like uh, grappling and stuff. Yeah, um, sure. So you use your you know you use your hands a lot. Your grip strength needs to be pretty strong. So. Um, that's kind of the reason why I started golf initially. And, um, but you know, I mean like in the beginning it was more of just recreationally and just for fun. I did some tournaments here and there, but it wasn't real serious. It wasn't something that, um, I really put a lot of focus and effort into. Um, however, I'm pretty athletic and my eye hand coordination has always been really good. So, um, you know, I was, I was pretty decent at like hitting the ball and stuff, but um, but I never really practiced that, that hard at it. and I didn't really dedicate, um, a lot of my time to it, but, as, you know, as much as I did with judo. So when does it
0: shift though? I mean, at a certain point you must realize that you are quite good at this and, and, you know, you should probably focus on it a little bit more at what age does that happen and, and how do you sort of realize that?
1: Um, so it was kind of strange cause I did, so I did judo competitively. Um and then at around eight years old I started playing the piano and I started golfing. Um so both multifaceted. To, both to build my grip strength for judo. <laughs> um and uh at at about eleven I think eleven, um let me see. Eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah, so at eleven I won like my fourth national judo uh championship like in in a row so i was like i was really um i was really successful in 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 judo and i was doing really well um i was basically kind of like on my way to to kind of you know moving my way kind of into the olympics as i got older but um I just got tired of training, (laughs) you know, when you're that young and you have to diet all the time, it's just like,
0: well, I can only imagine as, as, as a kid, I mean, I can't imagine doing that now. I wouldn't have the willpower to do any of that. But even as a kid, I mean, you like, what sort of diet stuff are you doing? How often are you in the gym? I mean, it must like sort of take away your childhood. I mean, can you go and just like grab a bag of chips from the pantry? Are you thinking about your professional judo career?
1: Right, yeah. So like it de- kinda depend on depends on like the time of the year and like what tournaments I'm like trying to um, get ready for. But um like the biggest tournament was uh was nationals obviously and that was kind of like around summertime, so probably June ish. Yeah. I would say. And um I would start training for that in probably February or March. And we would do basically we would train, I would train two to three times a day. So like morning, afternoon, and night, or, you know, morning and night or something like that. And, um, and I would, I mean, when I, when I had to diet, it was like, we'd have, I'd have to lose like maybe eight or 10 pounds. So I would start that, you know, in March or whatever it is and and just kind of lose a few pounds every month. But, um, but it was still tough. I mean, as a young kid, it's, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of discipline, um, which isn't a really a bad thing to learn, I guess, at that age, but I was just tired of it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I can
0: imagine. So, you yeah. know, so all that energy and time you're, you're focusing on judo, you sort of put into golf and, and rather quickly find a lot of success, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, at, um, at 11 or 11 or 12, I had to basically make a decision on what I wanted to do. And I was, I was doing, you know, judo, piano, and golf all at the same time, and I was actually the worst in golf out of the three, (laughs) (laughs) and I was, you know, but I don't know, something about golf just really challenged me, I guess, and uh, I I really did enjoy being, you know, being out there, and I felt like I had a good opportunity to, um, you know, to to go to, to school, and, and hopefully get a scholarship and that sort of thing and um, had an opportunity uh, with my coach at the time um, he started a junior golf program in Hawaii and you know I could be a part of that program which was nice and we would practice after school every day and all of that stuff so um, I just had a it was just a good timing for me to kind of switch things up and um, you know I, I did enjoy golf a lot so uh, I figured I'd I'd try it out and uh, you know just kind of turned out to be something pretty special, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, so, I mean, I'll say, because at the age of 15, um, I I mean, I can let you have the big reveal for people who don't know if you want to brag about yourself, what you accomplished at the age of 15 years old. Um, I'll pass on
1: that. You can can do that. I really don't like talking about myself that much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I'm glad you came on this podcast to talk all about your life, Tad. (laughs) <laughs> well, fine. So, no, but but for real, so at the age of 15, you become, and th- what, this is 2006? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, at the time, you become the youngest person to compete in the U.S. Open, which is insane. I mean, I can't imagine, uh, at 15 years old, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm certainly not competing in the U.S. Open. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, I mean, what is that experience like? Like, like to me, when I picture a 15 year old kid, they're a, a child. Like they, it's, it's insane. I mean, what was that experience like for you? Um, it, it was pretty
1: wild to say the least. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, at the time I, I don't think it really hit me and I didn't realize the magnitude of it really, um, you know it, it was it all happened so quickly and it was pretty unexpected obviously um and you know it just kind of it, it just kind of happened and and i just kind of ran with it i guess but um but it it, it was really it was really crazy i mean just looking back at it um you know just Im- imagining myself at 15 playing in the us open uh, it's it's just kind of mind blowing. Does and, it? I mean,
0: does it feel like it's a completely different person?
1: A bit, yeah. I mean, I I feel old now. Obviously,
0: how? <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, I. To, so how old are you? You're like what, 27, 28 right now? Twenty
1: eight. Yeah. Ugh, so old. I mean, you, you got you might as well pack it in. I mean, okay. So I've been a pro for. What am I? Twenty eight. Yeah. So I've been a pro for almost 12 years well and almost om- that's almost half your life exactly so that that's old so like <laughs> it yeah it, it, it it's a long time but um, it's a very long time that's right but no i mean it's you know looking back at it it was it was really really special um and i obviously at the time I, it never really hit me how great of an accomplishment it was yeah I can imagine
0: I I, I can imagine it must just have been completely overwhelming and, and to look back on that it must just be like something that didn't even really happen to you I mean when I think about myself at like 15 as an early teenager it's like I don't I don't really remember that person you know I, I don't really know who that was and I was just like sitting on my couch you know (laughs) like you're doing all this stuff i i I can't imagine what that must have been like so when you're playing in the u.s open i mean who who comes with you i mean does your family come how does that work
1: yeah i mean obviously it was a big deal so like my my whole family came uh my mom my dad my grandparents uh, i think my uncle came as well um my coach and uh, one of his friends that was caddying for me. So uh, we, we had a pretty good group. I mean, um, it, it wasn't like a lot of extended family, but um, but I mean, my, my whole immediate family was there. And uh, yeah. we had a good time. It, it was it was a really special moment. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because it, it really does feel like five or six years ago, but it was, <laughs> it was a really long time ago. <laughs> but it, it definitely doesn't seem like it, you know, and it... Um, but, yeah, it, it was a really special moment. It was a great experience for me. And, um, and yeah, I, I just i am very thankful for the opportunities that, uh, that it has brought me you
0: so know, in my life. So a, a million-dollar question I have for you and something that I can sort of just hypothesize on my own, because you're doing all of this stuff um, during these very formative years – Uh, Does it sort of impede you from thinking about your sexuality? I mean, you're so busy, you're doing all of this stuff. Do you even have time to stop and think about who you are off the golf course?
1: I mean, yeah, like it it definitely crossed my mind. I, I think no teenager is really, really that busy to not think about it. You know, it's just, it's, it's just natural in my opinion, um, and, and you know, for me, that's the way it felt. I mean, it, it was like, I, yes, I am busy. I, I am playing a lot of golf and traveling and all of this stuff, but, um, I, I think it's almost unhuman, like to, to not, to not be curious about that sort of thing. You know, sure. you're constantly around it and you see it in movies, you see it in, you know, on TV all the time and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I was busy, don't get me wrong, but, um, You know, it definitely crossed my mind and it was definitely something I was um, curious about, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, when you're
0: 15, 16, literally playing on the PGA Tour, does coming out even feel like a realistic possibility? Not then. I'm not saying when you're 16, you're you're expected to do it. But when you're playing golf, I mean, does it does it even seem like that might one day be able to happen?
1: Man, it honestly that that's really that's a really hard question cuz at the time i never even i guess i was still trying to figure out who i was mhm and um but I mean, when me- you do you have what is your sort of
0: social life like i mean you're around these these in essence, grown men all the time, sort of your colleagues out on the golf course, these, these, these men that are a lot older than you, do you, right. what is your life like? Do you have friends your own age? I mean, are you going to school? Are you, what is that sort of social aspect of your life like at that point?
1: Yeah. So I had friends, um, a couple of friends from golf. Uh, it, it was weird. Cause like I was never really close with a lot of golfers. There was only basically one um, one girl that was like my best friend. She was a, she was a, go- a professional golfer as well, um, and then uh, I had some friends from school, and um, I was still going to school at that point. Um, I wasn't going to school like all the time. <laughs> I was yeah. I was out of school probably more than I was in school, which is. It sounds really bad, but that's honest, honest truth.
0: That has to be, Um, I mean, that has to be really hard though, to like come and go. I mean, you're sort of like a ghost in school. I mean, to the other kids, like, who is this guy?
1: Honestly, um, I was in the media so much and I was so like, I was like in the newspaper and on the news all the time in Hawaii. So like basically everyone at school knew who I was. Was that, Uh, is that good or bad? I don't know. It, It was Okay. Um, it, it was, so it was cool for like the first three weeks to a month, getting a lot of attention and, you know, being a quote unquote celebrity. Um, but after a while it gets old fast. Yeah, I can just, imagine. Like when you go out to the mall and you can't, you know, literally walk for five minutes without someone asking for a picture or an autograph or going to dinner and you just, you, you can't eat, eat your dinner in peace. You know, it's just, it gets old. And, um, I think at, at such a young age, um, you know, everyone wanted so much from me and I was always, I've always been sort of a people pleaser. So I kind of needed to learn, um,
0: looking to say back. No.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you do have to say no. And, uh, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't very good at that. So Um, I always kind of hid that part of me and always tried to please as many people as I could, which, which isn't really a bad thing, but, um, it definitely, it was looking back at it it is definitely something I, I, I feel like would have helped me, um, just to grow a little bit quicker and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So it was difficult, but, um. But yeah, I mean, it it was hard to manage my social life with my like professional life, and um, you know because just being at such a young age, and uh, you know Hawaii is so small and stuff as well, so um, it, it was hard. But, yeah, um, I, was,
0: I mean, and also, like, as you're saying all this, I imagine that sort of a lot of Hawaiian pride comes into this, too, right? Like, I'm sure that a lot of people felt like you were representing them to be from this to be from this place where I imagine and, and think that that most people are very proud to be from there uh, must have sort of put you up on a pedestal, right? I mean, there must have been this added pressure that you were like, this great Hawaiian hope doing it for everybody.
1: Oh definitely. I mean, I I think that's part of the I think I think that's part of the Asian culture as well. Yeah. Um I hate using that stereotype, but Well, here um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I mean, I, I know just by the way I was raised, um you, know, you definitely don't want to bring shame to your family, you know, that sort of thing. Um and at that point, I was doing so well and um, you know, I, I had a lot of, I guess, you know, a lot of people looked up to me and, um, you know, they, they, they kept rooting me on and, and, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know if it was so much the pressure from other people, but I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself just personally. Yeah, uh, You know, I've always kind of been that way. Um, I, I've always strived to. To be better. Even even when I've done something great, I always felt like I could do better. And um, I think that in itself put a lot of pressure on me. And it, I don't know, I don't really know if it was from other people exactly, but I know from myself and from my side. Um, I, I definitely did a lot of it uh, to myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So how does that sort of play itself out as as you get a little bit older in the sport? I mean, you know, can you just talk a little bit about how your career evolved and then maybe, you know, uh, eventually how your sexuality starts to play into that? I mean, at, at what age did you start thinking about it? And then at what age did you come out if to yourself and then maybe to to some people around you?
1: Right. So um with my sexuality, I I probably – I mean, looking back at it now, I probably started thinking about it when I was like – or I, I think showing signs of it when I was probably 13, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably knew when I was 16 or 17. Um, however, I tried my best to – continue to convince myself that I was straight, uh, for many, many years. Um, and, and I don't really know why. Um, but maybe I was afraid, maybe I, I really don't know. Um, but I know when I was about, I think 20, 21 Mm -hmm. was started kind of losing my golf game. Um, And by losing, I mean just struggling, not really performing that well. Um, And I lost a lot of my confidence uh, in myself and my ability. Um, And honestly, I put so much emphasis and and I put all of my worth in golf. And when I lost that, everything just kind of spiraled downhill.
0: Um, and
1: I, I felt like I didn't, I felt like, I felt like once I lost my golf, I felt like I didn't have anything else to live for at that point. Um, just because I had, I put so much effort into it. Um, I put so much, I guess, pressure on myself to perform so well and, and I had all these expectations and when I couldn't meet it, it was just like a total letdown, you know? And, um, at that point. I kind of fell into like a depression and and I had had pretty bad anxiety. I didn't you know didn't want to go out in public very often. Mm -hmm. Um, I forced myself and I you know obviously put a smile on my face and did it, but um, inside I I wasn't very happy with who I was, Um, you know, and and that sort of thing. I lost a lot of friends that you know or people that I thought were friends. Um, They they started. They started jumping ship when I wasn't playing very good, so that helped either. Um, and, you know, it was tough. It was tough. And for the next couple of years, probably until I was 23, that's kind of when, you know, 21 to 23 was when I struggled the most just mentally with my sexuality and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, I remember one day, I think it was towards the ending part of 2014, um, so I was 23 at that point. And, uh, I remember one day I went to the golf course and I was coming home. I was leaving the golf course and I had a pretty good day. You know, I practiced there There wasn't anything bad that happened or anything like that. I, I practiced well, I had a good day. And, um, my mom was with me in the car and I started driving home and I left the course and I literally just had like a mental breakdown. Like I just started bawling and I, couldn't figure out why i was crying i couldn't talk like i couldn't breathe because i was like sobbing so bad and um my mom was like what is going on like (laughs) like what is wrong yeah and uh, i like i couldn't even talk like i I couldn't talk because i was like crying so bad but um that's that's when i told her um you know when i came out to her and she was the first person i told Actually no, I told my best friend before I told her, but um you know, she was the first family member that I told. And uh after that I slowly came out to other people, um, over the years and uh you know, for the past couple of years I haven't really been hiding it much, but um, you know, obviously last year, uh two thousand eighteen in September was when I kind of made my official announcement, I guess you could say. Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, so so you how do you make the decision to go through with this announcement? So you make this Instagram post, right? What sort of process is leading up to that? I mean, is it something you're thinking about a lot or is it some just sort of like spur of the moment thing where you're like, I just need to get this out there? Or is it sort of well calculated?
1: Oh, it was definitely well calculated. Um, So I was. I was, you know, for the past couple of years, I've, I've been at the point where I really didn't care, <laughs> um, care about, people,
0: care about people knowing you're saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really care if people found out that I was gay or, or what. Um, obviously I wasn't like out there telling people. Um, but so, I mean, a, a part of me was still hiding it, but I didn't really care at that point. Um, however, I still wasn't out to my family. So. I was, yeah. So
0: who, so you're out to your, you're out to your mom. I mean, what other family members at this point are, are, no.
1: Um, none of them knew, uh, well maybe they did know, but I didn't officially come out and, and tell them. So I came out to my mom in like 2014 and I didn't tell the rest of my family until September, um, of 2018. So when I posted that thing on Instagram, I actually came out to my grandma, my dad, and my two other grandparents um, about an hour or two prior to posting that. Thing. Oh,
0: man. So you're basically – you're just getting all this done in one fell swoop. I mean you're like go oh. big go big or go home. I mean this is I, the day.
1: I, honestly, I, I was thinking about it. So that Instagram post, um, the caption that I, that, that I had written was in my phone for – at least a month prior to wow. me posting it. So like I had written it a long time ago, like a while back. And um, it, it was just something that I, I wanted to do. And um, it was on my mind. And obviously, you know, it was something I was very passionate about. Um, and I, I felt like I needed to do it. The, the post wasn't for myself. I wasn't at that point. I wasn't looking for acceptance from anybody. I didn't need validation from anyone else. I, I had already told my family, and that's all that I cared about. Um, you know, the people that mean the most to me uh, knew and supported me, and um, they obviously didn't really agree. None of them really agreed to me posting it on social media. They were all against it. But I was like, really? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm they were like, you don't really need to do that. I don't think you should do it. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, I, I understand. Like, I understand where they're coming from. But I was like, I'm sorry, but I I need to do it. Like, this is something that I need to do.
0: Why didn't they um, want you to do it? Were they were they just nervous what it was going to mean for you? Or did they just not want people to know?
1: I think it was a little bit of both. I think they didn't really want everyone to know my business. And I think they were afraid also for me, um, just the kind of stuff, the messages and, you know, the the negative comments that people would make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I think that's what they were afraid of as well. So I think it was a little bit of both. Um, and also because no one really knew, I, I think they didn't, they didn't really know what to expect as well. And they were, they were pretty, it's not something that they're very, I guess, experienced with. So yeah, sure. kind of like, okay, I really don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was definitely some uncharted waters, uh, for sure. But for me, I, I know that through my experiences, through my depression, my darkest times, um, listening and seeing other stories, you know, from other athletes and, um, celebrities and, and, you know, people in the media, just, you know, my friends, that sort of thing. Um, those stories helped me so much Mm -hmm. and they gave me hope and they gave me, they inspired me to, to be myself. And I knew that by sharing my story, I could possibly do the same for someone else. And that's the reason why I came out you know, on social media. And that's the only reason why. And um, I didn't expect the golf media to be uh, – I guess for it to be such a big deal in yeah. media, I, I didn't expect that. I figured, okay, I'd get the messages from my family, my friends – you know the, the people that that support me and already follow me, but I didn't I didn't expect it to blow up like it did. I mean, you know?
0: do, uh, when you are you even aware of the fact at this point that you are becoming the first openly gay male professional golfer? Is that something that is going through your mind when you're making this post?
1: No, it didn't even cross my mind. I, I didn't even think of that because I I was I was just doing it. For for other people yeah it, just strictly to share my story and I wasn't doing it to be the first or to be in the media and or, or anything like that um you know I, I really truly just did it because I wanted to help other people that may be struggling or may be in the same situation that I am and yeah. um you know just for them to know that They're not alone. You know, they're they're loved exactly who they are as as they are. And, um, you know, they they don't need to feel like they need to change or or be different. And they they can live exactly how they want to. So you you
0: make so you make this post, you know, you click post on Instagram. How are you feeling? Are you are you completely relieved? Do you feel like there's just been this weight lifted off your back? Are you nervous as hell? Like, how are you feeling that day?
1: Um, I did it pretty late at night, I think. And they're like, around,
0: "I'm going to bed."
1: Yeah, I, I was probably around like ten or ten, maybe ten or ten thirty, somewhere around there. But yeah. it was pretty late at night, and um, I mean, instantly I had a bunch of messages and stuff, um, and, and it was all very positive. And I woke up the next day, and there obviously like a lot of a lot of you know very very supportive accepting messages from a lot of my friends and, um, it was crazy cause I went to the golf course and around 11 AM the next day I had this, there was this article, someone had like taken my post and just kind of like scrapped together some things. And, sure. uh, an article was written on Twitter, I believe, or it was posted on Twitter, but I, I forget who wrote the initial article. um, I think it was some LGBTQ, uh, something, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but from that, like from that post, uh, all the way for like a week or two straight, it was like literally my phone was nonstop. I was getting, I mean, it, it was literally, if I set my phone down, it was constantly messages every like two seconds, like <laughs> notifications from Facebook, instagram or twitter like constantly for like i mean it it was just the the most insane thing it it, it just everything just blew up and i wasn't expecting it um you know it it was kind of like it was kind of like me uh doing well in golf like you know when i was younger and i was getting all that attention it was kind of like that yeah
0: i was gonna say you're used to this at this point like this is nothing
1: I mean, it, it was honestly like it was exactly how it was, but I wasn't expecting it, so it was like a total shock. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it was for a total, totally different reason, but um, I'm honestly very, very thankful for for it kind of going viral, um, because I've been able to help so many people, and that to me means, uh, means a lot. And um, I've made some great friendships. Um, I've met some amazing, amazing people, and um. I've grown a lot as well. So uh, it's all been so positive and um I'm just so grateful for for all of it.
0: What's the feedback been like from your fellow golfers? Because, you know, you're talking about stereotypes earlier. I think most people would say the stereotype of a male professional golfer is very country club, probably very conservative and white and maybe a little closed minded. Uh, speak to that if you don't mind, because I would be interested as somebody who is in it every day, what the environment is like. And then also what the feedback was like from these guys who, who you spend so much time with.
1: Right. So in the golf world, it was, it was very, uh, very much accepted, uh, which was sort of a surprise to me. Um, I expected, you know, the handful of messages, but, um, it it was, it was all very, very positive, i had messages from people that i didn't expect messages from (laughs) so it it was pretty cool are you are you at liberty to say yeah yeah i mean i got a message from justin rose nice um, and uh i mean obviously i've I've met him before and because he turned pro at a young age i turned pro at a young age um you know he there's
0: a bond there
1: yeah yeah i mean he in the past when i was younger um i played in europe and he was in in one of the tournaments and um you know, we, we got to talking a little bit. So, um, I knew him from, from before, but, you know, I never really got real close with him, but it was nice getting a message from him. And I had some messages from a few of the older players as well, um, uh, which I didn't expect. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think the younger generation is a lot more accepting to that sort of thing, but, yeah, uh, but it just goes to show that, you know, the golf world is, is getting a lot more progressive in that sense. And, um, and it's been really good. But, um, as far as like the country club life, um okay, so I live in Georgia and I uh, like South Georgia and it <laughs> yep. it's uh, not <laughs> the most liberal part of the country, yeah. to, to say the least. And um, so I mean it obviously like it depends what part of the country you live in and what you know what state and what city and, and that sort of thing. But uh, where I live it's it's definitely conservative. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I'm a member at a country club here and it is predominantly white, odor, rich. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I I didn't know what to expect. I I prepared myself for the worst, put it that way. (laughs) But, um, but man, it, it was so cool. Like everyone was so supportive. And so my story came out, and I don't think a lot of the people s- heard about it or saw it until it actually like came out on the golf channel. And, um, and I mean I was that's all it.
0: those guys watch. I mean, if you're on the golf channel, you're Brad Pitt essentially. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, I think in like maybe two days after or something, it was, it was on the golf channel. So like when that happened, I was like, okay, now I'm really going to know like how everyone's going to react. And honestly, they all treated me the same. Like it was like it was honestly the coolest thing ever. Like I I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Um, I expected more more of the guys to be distant, I think towards me, but um, it almost felt like they were it almost felt like they were closer to me in, in a way.
0: Do you think and, that do you think that some of them knew and I don't think so. were just sort of relieved now that it, it, you know, that, that they could, you know, sort of acknowledge it.
1: I don't think so. Um, I, I don't really think anyone knew, uh, except like my closest friends Yeah, actually like act sort of gay around, you know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make gay jokes, that sort of thing. You're, so, so
0: you're saying you're not doing that at the country club.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> far from it. Um, <laughs> Okay. but uh, but no i i really don't think that many people knew um i think it was sort of a surprise I'm, and but i mean like overall it was just so cool like they still i mean they, they treated me exactly the same they still gave me crap exactly like like how they used to and it's just it, it was very refreshing to to experience that um because i had such a such a bad um, I guess visual of like what was gonna happen. Right. Um, I was just like, you know, my expectations were just so so bad, and uh, you know, to to go out there and to experience that sort of thing was was really cool. Well, and that's and, what that's um, what you want,
0: right? I mean, y- you you just want to be accepted. I mean, you don't need people to throw you a parade. You just want the people who you see every day and correspond with to respect you and, and really probably for nothing to change. Right. You just, yeah, want, it, you just want it to exact- be, you just want it to be, you know, just normal and just like, know that it's cool.
1: Yeah. It, it th- that's exactly right. Right. Like in my, in my, for me personally, in my experiences, um, I wouldn't want anyone to treat me different. I mean, I, I, I don't need their acceptance necessarily. Um, I don't need them to agree with, with my choices. I just want them to treat me like they normally do and 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 like they would any other person yeah. you know with with love and respect um, and I, I think that's something that we're striving towards as a community and um, I think through sharing our stories and and educating each other and and, uh, and 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 educating you know other people around us that's the only way we're going to we're, we're going to get to that point but um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's just all about just being who we are and, and trying to support each other in, in, in whatever that is. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's something that I try to live by and uh, and something that I, I definitely want to see uh, in this society for sure.
0: So walk me through briefly, if you don't mind, what it is like being gay in South Georgia.
1: Um it it's pretty crappy
0: <laughs> i've mean, heard you i've heard you talk about it. i think i read in an interview that you gave to, sort of talking about just sort of the scene down there maybe the lack thereof is it i mean what do you i mean what what is it like
1: um there is no scene <laughs> you're the only one <laughs> Quite possibly, no, 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 no. pressure. I, I, no, I mean there there's some others like in my area, but um, do you guys like we, nod at each other when you're walking down the street? Like, hmm. I honestly,
0: nobody I can ha- know.
1: I like I, I haven't seen very many uh, at all. I mean, like obviously, like I have my gaydar, you know, like I can tell when I'm walking down the street, like who's gay and who's not. <laughs> and um, I mean, That's it is like super Yeah, it, it is, but it's it, it's honestly a gift. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean it. It's very rare. Like I live in a pretty small small area, um, and it's it's not very common. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean you know like if if I lived in Savannah or Jacksonville, like it would be it would be a lot more common and and it wouldn't be as, I guess bad. But um, but like where I live, it's it's just. I guess the town is just too small, and uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> there, Listen, it's, no sounds, sounds it sounds <laughs> miserable. It it's it's not it's not the best place if you're looking for a LGBTQ friendly uh, community. I guess. Sure. Um, I mean, everyone here is really nice, but there's just like there's just not that many LGBTQ people. So I get it, I get it. you know, and it, it's just hard. Like it, for me, it's hard to make friends. Like I, I enjoy making friends that are part of our community because we have something easy to relate, relate upon, you know? Yeah, of course. Well, if anybody's
0: it, listening to this, who wants to be friends with Tad, reach out. Uh, he... uh,
1: Please, please, please reach out. Please reach out. You can contact me on, on Instagram or Twitter or, whatever just contact me
0: (laughs) oh man they're oh they're gonna be rolling in now oh the the same team audience oh my god
1: i i may regret that but (laughs)
0: no you well i hope not
1: (laughs) so where where are you
0: professionally now i mean walk me through sort of you know a week in your life i mean what are what are the goals what are you striving towards uh in 2019
1: um so i I've really struggled with my game, you know, in the past, uh, five or six years, I've past like two years. My game has gotten a little bit better. Um, I've seen some improvements for sure. Um, I'm just trying to honestly get myself on, on a tour. So, uh, either the web.com or the PGA. And, and that's kind of like my first step. Um, I, I really, I really need to get status out there. And that's kind of my goal. But, mm-hmm. uh, For now, I've been doing just like mini tours and Monday qualifiers and stuff, um, and just trying to work on my game and keep getting better and and get, get my confidence back and, and, um, you know, really find, really find my groove and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but I'm hopeful. I mean, I've definitely seen some improvements and, um, mentally this is the best I've ever felt in my life. Um. Just with who I am and and, wo- and where I'm at and and that sort of thing. Um, I, I feel like obviously there's a long road ahead of me and, and I have a lot to improve upon as far as golf. But um, you know I feel like mentally I'm in a good place and that's honestly that's that's like the first step. Yeah. Um, to, to to making a comeback for me and uh, and I'm looking forward to that and I just you know I've, I have a new kind of outlook on things and and uh and it's refreshing so I'm, I'm gonna try to try to keep at it and hopefully i can uh make it on tour
0: uh, well that that all sounds great man it, you sound like you have a, a very clear head and perspective and are and are happy with where you are and i think that'll you know set you up for for great success so we'll all be watching
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's not always, it's not always that great, but, uh, <laughs> hey, but I just, I, I, let, you know. listen,
0: if I've learned anything, it's just let other people think that your life is great.
1: That's, that's, you've won. No, no, but no, but that's the thing. You know, you have to keep it real. If <laughs> no, you're not I real, know.
0: I know. I know. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but I mean, listen, it really does sound like you are, you're on a great path. And I, I think the fact that you've been able to, you know, become this very fully realized person is, is incredibly commendable. And like you were saying, I mean, your story has impacted me and I know countless others. So now, you know, when you were, you know, in, in a darker spot, these stories that you saw, you know, are, you're doing the same thing for other people. So congratulations on that front. And, uh, I can only, I can only anticipate what you're going to accomplish here moving forward.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. We'll chat soon.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye, Tab. Bye-bye.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Thank you very much for listening. You know, like I was saying, I I really do think that Tad's openness and honesty about all this stuff is crucial and incredibly important. He's going to impact lives, you know, just like his was impacted by other people's coming out stories. You know, you just got to keep paying it forward, keep the ball rolling. I mean, that's what a lot of this podcast is about. So I, I was very happy to give Tad a platform. And, you know, now that he's back, kind of feeling himself, you know, on the golf course. And and I think personally more than ever, I think the sky's the limit for his career. And I I can't wait to see where he's going to go in the coming years. We'll be, we'll all be watching. So thanks again to Tad for the time. Thank you for listening until next time. Daniel trainer for same team signing off. Bye.